Hello, everyone. I'm Desiree Morton, um, co-founder and CEO of Agency, and this is the Just Founder podcast, where we interview founders who are building for equity, scale, and impact, and profit along the way. Today, we have Jenny Vasquez-Newsom um, with us, and I'm super excited to talk about what she is building because it is a game changer. Um, so she's a leadership facilitator, the author of Untapped Leadership, Harnessing the Power of Underrepresented Leaders, and the founder of Untapped Leaders, a leadership development organization specializing in uncovered, in uncovering overlooked capacities and untapped talent. She also partners with organizations to deliver leadership training sessions grounded in marginalized perspectives. Welcome, Jenny. Thank you, Desiree. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. How do you have time to do all of these things? All of these things? <laughs> Look, let's talk about that founder journey where you're like doing all things all the time. Um, yeah, Absolutely. that's a good question. <laughs> doing all things all the time. That sounds super yeah. sustainable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, that's not the topic of this podcast. Um, right. Sustainable work practices. Okay. So um, tell us a bit about what you are building. What's your core focus? Yeah, so Untapped Leaders, as you introed, is a leadership development organization that centers marginalized perspectives. And so just a little bit of background of how I got here. You know, my background is in leadership development, you know, curriculum building, kind of training with uh, seasoned executives, high school students, like really supporting folks across all stages of their careers. And, you know, I also have a background in education and all of the degrees I've kind of pursued have always had this like leadership or management component to it. So in the coursework uh, and uh, you know, to be candid and frank, 2020 comes around and that was very much a core shaking year for me. I think it was for, for a lot of folks. And it was this moment, like almost an aha realization that everything that I had been learning about when it comes to leadership, the books I had read, the frameworks, the theories, the, you know, facilitation mm. around it, it all had been developed by folks that did not look like me, nor maybe had someone like me in mind when they're thinking about kind of how to do leadership, quote, unquote. Um, and, you know, I just got to this, this moment of determining, determining to write the book first, um, really kind of challenging mm. the narratives around what is leadership um, and really kind of thinking about the those overlooked perspectives, those realities, particularly for leaders of color, anyone that, you know, kind of with marginalized identities navigating workplaces, how the game is just very different. Um, we can't use these uh, playbooks that were not, you know, created for us. And so through writing and through really kind of amplifying the experiences of racially marginalized leaders and their expertise and their strategies that they, uh, you know, use to navigate the, the systems. Of, I then operationalize that work through untapped leaders and working with individuals, with um, you know, folks that are kind of on this leadership journey themselves and really, you know, uh, eager to align their leadership with who they are. I mean, I think it's kind of that authentic um, opportunity, opportunity to bring authentic selves um, in that space, but really, ultimately, is working with organizations that uh, mm -hmm. need to cultivate spaces where all can thrive and all can contribute and be considered uh, leaders and not just in that traditional sense. So uh, yes. that's a kind of a long uh, answer, but just framing oh, the gosh. content. 
of, you know, the why of this all. That was incredible. I mean, you just said so many different things. Like I just, I was like, oh, my, I got goosebumps while you're talking, um, because there was just there was just so much there, um, so much meaning there in the work that you do. I hear, um, you know, this almost like a treasure map you're describing, right? Where the treasure is is you. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the treasure is finding your unique leadership voice, and um, along the way, there's you know, barriers and distractions and opportunities to, to kind of get lost and, you know, um, lost in the sauce as it were. But at the, you know, you're kind of, what I hear from you is that this book is, is almost that map, right. To, to get you to, to yourself. And that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've, you know, I'll I'll speak for myself, but with a lot of leaders I work with, um, we kind of enter into these systems and trying to thrive and survive and kind of succeed and get towards that promotion, get towards that C-suite, all while a lot of times losing aspects of ourselves or leaving aspects of ourselves out um, because we want to stay in line within a system, again, that wasn't originally created for us. Uh, and I think we everyone misses out on, on that. And so how can we come back to our agency, our skill, our ingenuity, uh, and, you know, how can the spaces that we're in really foster that um, ultimately? Mm-hmm. And so um, it's it's hard. It's, it's, it's tricky. It's a lot of unlearning and learning and, you know, really kind of going through that process. So, uh, but that's really what I hope to do with untapped leaders is mm-hmm. like, how do we put this to practice? How do we start to shift narratives, person by person, position by position, organization by organization, so that we can redefine what leadership looks like, feels Mm -hmm. like, sounds like, um, for all of us to really feel like we could be that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think, um, you know, even when you say leadership, right, like, immediately all of these, I can do like a word cloud, right? It's like executive presence, like, I think of like ties and pencil skirts and heels Mm -hmm. and you know, modesty and tights and certain words, right? Yep. <laughs> you know, yep. you say this professionally. What is the yep. professional? There's a whole, you know, virtual online um, social media. What is it? Social media content category around this. Like, yeah. what is the professional way to say? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I already told you this, you know, I already told you this. I'm telling you again. And then there's right. <laughs> <laughs> the professional, the professional quote, professional translation. Um, right. And so, yeah, I just like, I think, um, you know, for those of us, especially who are first first generation professionals who don't have, um, you know, folks in our family who have been doing this corporate America translating um, yeah. for so long, right? It's that yeah. that reprogramming even of our minds of what leadership looks like. Right? Can you right. Um, can you talk a little bit about like what that what that process looks like for folks who are um, involved mm. in Untapped Leaders? Yeah, I mean, I think the focus piece that I try to come back towards and what I thought was really missing from a lot of the leadership rhetoric that we've, again, been entered and ushered into is this um, understanding and grounding in context that, Mm -hmm. you know, we are embedded into our societal context, our 
lived experiences, our familial context, like all of this informs us mm. and who we are. And at some point in, you know, in our histories, we've kind of adopted this approach of like, okay, checking the bags at the door and, you know, compartmentalizing. And um, I just think we're in an age now that we can, no, we can't, we can't do that. And we shouldn't do that. And we're actually better off and we're healthier as organizations. If we're much more grounded in context, in the context of everyone that's kind of coming, showing up to work with all, all their rich histories and experience and their expertise and, uh, you know, perspectives um, and just kind of what's going on in the, in the larger world as well. And so, you know, when I connect with leaders, both leaders of color, just anyone, any, anyone, and I really define leadership very broadly. It's not position um, at all. It's, I think, action, it's choice. Um, yeah. You know, I, we talk about this idea of, Kind of contextual agility that we how can we be grounded in context aware of all the aspects that inform our day-to-day -day, and then how can we be agile within that um, so that we're not doing things because they've always been done this way perpetuating status quo because we haven't really understood what's happening or we have this opportunity to um you know innovate and be mm -hmm. you do things in a way that's more equitable and, and all these aspects that if we're not really connected to context, uh, then we um, are just doing more of the same. Um, and I just, yeah. like, this moment is not it. You know, I just think, keep saying that, like, this is not it. It's not the time for more of the same. <laughs> this is not the time. The, what, what worked back then does not work today no. um, right. at all. Right. Yeah, I, I appreciate that so much because, you know, um, I think a thing that I tend to try to remind people of on, you know, on my LinkedIn and stuff is that businesses are made of people and they are made for people to serve people. Mm -hmm. Right. And mm -hmm. so um, that piece that you're saying around um, this idea that we would leave our leave our, our baggage at the door, leave the context at the door, your customers as a business are not leaving their context in business or their context and and history at the door. And if they have to, well, they aren't going to keep using your, your business for too long. Whatever you're selling, they, they are going to keep buying it. So, right. um, yeah, I, I really love that that metaphor around yeah. um, almost inclusion as a um, as an inclusion of, of all of all of you, including what you're bringing with you. Um, right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So oh, powerful. Yeah. Um, OK, so how have your um, individual identities and lived experiences informed your founder journey? Yeah, I mean, you know, I I feel like my identity and lived experience has been kind of central to this all mm -hmm. uh, for me, you know, so uh, I grew up in Southern California. My background and my family is from Cuba, so they immigrated to the United States during the Cuban Revolution. Um, but I do identify as biracial. Um, I didn't grow up with my dad's side of the family, who is from Egypt. Uh, so, uh, you know, I uh, it's always interesting because I actually don't physically look like anyone in my family. I have darker skin, curly hair. Uh, my family is a, a, are descendants of Spain, um, so mm -hmm. kind of that Spanish uh, Caucasian heritage. And uh, you know, I it I love my family. I always say that, but I, like I just built a sense of 
being an other very early young. Like that was kind of part of my identity. It was like, I'm a little different <laughs> than everyone else, even in my closest, closest familiar circles. Mm. And that kind of, you know, perpetuated itself in school. You know, when I got to high school, I was one of the only ones that looked like me in my advanced placement classes or the honors classes. And so I'm starting to navigate academia in a way that I could also feel like the other. And that honestly had a, a big impact on me. You know, I didn't really uh, contribute verbally in class. I was too scared, um, you know, to kind of the, contribute anything. And so uh, yeah. fast forward, of course, you know, I got into this career of facilitating spaces where mm -hmm. um, others can, can thrive, can you know, kind of uh, lean on their own uh, experiences to learn and lead and kind of uh, be in, in those spaces. And I didn't yeah. realize that what I had been doing was um, creating the spaces that I, I wanted when I was younger mm -hmm. that I didn't have, um, that I couldn't contribute to fully because I didn't feel like I was yeah. like fully belonged. Um, and so it's interesting to kind of think about that on the founder journey, because this is, you know, I'm a first time founder. Uh, you know, I, I have always worked within organizational systems and higher ed and, and nonprofit sector. And, mm. you know, my, vision and mission kind of with untapped leaders really is connected to my own leadership journey of finding that leadership voice and you know how can we redefine it so that many more can align with with leadership um and not be kind of left out um, yeah but there's always this like as well this you know being a founder of color being like, you know, just kind of a woman of color in, in just yes. starting a business, you know, there's so much to this uh, that, you know, I think yeah. I always, there's a lot of folks that access a lot of capital and resources and there's unicorns and there's this and that. And I'm like, yeah. I'm just trying to, you know, build a purposeful and sustainable business. And I know mm -hmm. that, um, you know, I, they have, I have to, I do have to kind of bootstrap quote unquote in a lot of different yep. ways that maybe is not the reality in, in some other aspects. Uh, and so how do I uh, maintain resilience within that? Uh, mm. and that's kind of really been the journey, I would say. Yeah. I can relate so deeply to so much of what you just shared. Um, I don't know if, if you do this, but I actually, um, I'm multiracial as well. Um, and I grew up primarily with the Mexican side of my family. Um, and so, yeah, just like all the way from the beginning of your story, I was yeah. like, yes, just nodding yeah. along because I was <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yes. Um, yeah, that sense of, that sense of always being, you know, just, just to the margins a bit. Um, like slightly a little a little bit never quite right. you know in the in the majority or never quite yeah. um completely um at home or at in at, at a sense of belonging like you said with um the folks around you I think it it really at least for me I'll say like made me super observant of mm -hmm. how other people um experience belonging or don't yeah. get the opportunity to so um yep. it's just like it, it's a it's a an observation I cannot turn off <laughs> yeah yeah um, and there's yeah. something to that like I always kind of say you know uh 
my charge is to, to really say that, you know, in the ways that we've experienced marginalization, you know, whether slight, whether overt, um, we actually hold a power perspective of like understanding the totality of a system and the ways that things that, that maybe don't work for everybody or not, you know, are kind of leaving folks out that that, that gives us it, an, an asset um, mm. where it might feel like a deficit at some points when you're kind of not feeling like you belong. Um, it does. Yeah. It's not an internal deficit. It really is. Um, it should be positioned as an asset. And again, th for any organization, that's what I really try to put out there. Like, you know, you have a lot of uh, probably untapped capacity in, in your teams. Um, and if you really know yeah. how to cultivate and invite and, build this trust and safe trusting safe environments Ooh. for everyone to pour it in you know and yes. i think that that's really where we we actually succeed in this time um that that's demanding a lot from us absolutely yeah i mean i just um i would say if there's in my mind if there's kind of one thing that folks um who are you know hr or dei leaders um they take away from this it is that right yeah. What are you missing out on by not creating and cultivating these spaces where folks can take a different view, take a, a bird's eye view from their lived experience and share what what's being missed? Who are we who are we forgetting about? Which of our customers are we forgetting about? Who, you know, who are we not serving? Um, so I love that. And yeah. put a pin right there. <laughs> Just <laughs> <laughs> please, please, folks, take that with you because you, you yeah. are. It's not. I mean, I think so often, right? With with DEI and um, inclusion specifically, it's almost um, there's like this underlying kind of tone of philanthropy, right? That you're doing a favor mm. or you're mm. you're helping out these these. <laughs> I love yeah. I see the rest my of face. <laughs> Can you see my face right now? <laughs> see your face um and you know even even in you know the business case and whatever there's always just like the tone you hear it right yeah. um and that's one of the things that i loved about you know from the first time i came across untapped leaders the name of it I'm like mm. yes resource this is a this mm -hmm. is a resource this is not you're not doing anyone favors by including them and giving them a fair shot right you are actually right. doing yourself a favor yeah, <laughs> as a business right. leader, as a, you know, as a business leader or a, a culture leader within a business, you are doing yourself yeah. a favor by, by tapping those resources and talent. So that's right. That's right. Uh, I could talk about that all day. I have a phone to pick with that. I, mm -hmm. it, it, but it actually really um, ties into this next question, which is how you're balancing um, you know, making an impact and being a for-profit entity, because again, this philanthropic tone so often mm -hmm. underlies this really important work. Um, I made a conscious decision to make agency a for-profit. Um, I know that, mm -hmm. that you did as well. So I'm curious, um, yeah, about that balance that you're finding. Yeah, it's such a, you know, like nuanced conversation with this, uh, because yeah. I, you know, when I set out to found Untapped Leaders, I had a couple folks ask about um, if it's going to be a nonprofit. Uh, you know, yeah. because I'm supporting leaders of color or you know marginalized leaders, um, and, and it is kind of advancing 
racial equity in the workplace, you know, equity generally in the workplace. Uh, and I said no, of course, because I went another route, but it really, you know, there is this like other conversation around what you just tapped into around, you know, this philanthropic mm-hmm. mission um, that it sounds like this could be a philanthropic mission, quote unquote, but that's only because we have, again, these like systemic uh, obstacles and barriers that have prevented, uh, you know, uh, many of us to equitably succeed. And so, you know, the, (laughs) to be frank, the like potential of like, doing a bit of that song and dance for funders uh, to then fund the work I was Mm. not interested in because I don't, you know, I know what that, I know what that comes with. Um, I know kind of the strings that, that sometimes uh, creates and, and fundamentally, I just, I don't think it should be a philanthropic issue. You know, I think uh, that there's really a, opportunity to build in ways where, you know, I think uh, the companies and the corporations that value their people truly, um, that they have the opportunity to support them through this work or support their own internal teams through this work and really kind of go a route that allows for much more mobility, I think, as far as programmatically and the offerings and the services and the pivots and all, all of these aspects that if we kind of go through a nonprofit really st- structure, y- yep. you might not have as much wiggle room. So, so is a, you know, there was a lot to kind of thinking through that. Um, yep. But ultimately, it was like, you know, I, I value the a bit of that flexibility to not be quote unquote fundraising all the time um, towards something that that it actually allows for maybe a, a little bit more innovation, a little bit more, um, you know, a movement. Uh, so, yes. yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd love to hear your yeah. thoughts on this as well. <laughs> <laughs> I can put uh, it on you. <laughs> you're like, wait a minute. Um, no, no, I'm good. Um, I can, I can definitely agree. I think. Um, for me, I almost have um, I have this really kind of negative reaction to um, to this idea that all um, equity work should be philanthropic. I I just um, you know having worked in learning and development, having worked in house um, on you know operations teams and HR teams, I've seen the budgets for executive development. I've seen the budgets mm. for, you know, an executive coach for someone to speak on stage at a large conference. Um, I've seen that those those numbers before, and those are investments in the people right. that work at the organization. And they're treated as investments because the organization believes in those people and believes that they will get back the, the you know, the bottom line um, yeah. from that investment in that person. And so... When I think about, you know, this as an as an, you know, an equity thing kind of going and saying, oh, we're a nonprofit or like donate to us. Look at these like stories. It really feels almost, you know, counter to what 
we're yeah. trying to what I'm trying to to communicate yeah. to organizations, which is you are not fairly investing in your talent. You are not fairly investing in their futures and their, you know, retention within the organization. Um, and so you need to find the money <laughs> to do this. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not hard. Um, yeah. you have it. I know you have it. I've seen it. Um, and you need to redistribute it. So, um, yeah. to me, it's almost like an accountability thing that, that yeah. we need to be for profit and we need to be, um, not giving out tax breaks for, for this work because it is, it's an investment. Mm -hmm. investment in your talent um and you should be you should be investing in your talent and you'll get yeah. the the money back comes comes back in dividends when you Absolutely. invest in creating those those environments so i have yep yes i have you know that's it <laughs> yep. i saw your face <laughs> snaps to that yep this is, this is not the land for me and i can guarantee to any organization listening none of your employees want to be treated like charity that's right <laughs> that do not do not do that right. to them that yeah. is not a good way to, to retain them that's not a good way to tell them that you believe in them mm -hmm. they no invest right. in their future invest in them um okay i will step off of my soapbox <laughs> <laughs> thank you for i invited you on it so <laughs> Thank you. I was probably like begging for it with my face, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so the next question is actually, again, really related, which is what is the status quo that you're building against? Mm, yes. Um, I mean, similar to what yeah. I've shared, I, the status quo is the archetype of leadership mm -hmm. that persists. We like to think that we've made progress. Um, I don't think so. So, you know, I, I talk about it in my book and really kind of frame for folks the word leadership and kind of like its present use, uh, it stems from what was called great man theory in the 19th century. And it's exactly how it sounds. You know, leadership was defined by the characteristics of great men um, of that time where slavery existed and women couldn't vote and, you know, all the things. And so it really, we have this foundation of thinking about great men when we think about leadership. And, you know, this theory around great men has since been like, you know, pushed away. Like we don't, we don't uh, quote unquote adopt it or like it was just kind of you know, uh, rejected over the years. Thankfully, you know, cause it was you know, really based on like, you're born with these traits and that's mm. where you are a leader. And um, we've maneuvered um, in theory we have, but if yeah. you look again at the representation in fortune 500 in just the general economy, like in the organizations, I, I see great man theory pretty alive and well, like it's still mm -hmm. persisting. And so that's the status quo that I'm challenging is that while we kind of, you know, absolutely make progress in representation, um, it's, it's very incre incremental. It's very um, small in, in comparison. And, and really what needs to be shifted is this whole idea of who and what is a leader uh, because mm -hmm. I don't know if we investigate that enough to kind of divest from this great man approach to to defining mm -hmm. leadership, to defining leadership qualities, all the things. I mean, I think there's a lot to break down even 
across gender, across race, across it's just all the perceptions that we hold uh, where um, not all of us can exhibit the same behaviors and have it be, uh, you know, a, defined as leadership, if I were yep. to say, frankly. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, what I hear from you is the system is operating how it was designed to operate. <laughs> yes. And it's um, not, you know, like systems are are powerful. They, you know, they fortify, they, you know, um, any any challenges to systems, you know, you could, there's risk to, to challenging mm -hmm. systems. And so, you know, a lot of the work that I do with untapped leaders is is acknowledging that and being aware of that and really knowing, you know, assessing uh, how all of us in our own ways and, you know, have agency to push or pull systems towards change while understanding, you know, the um, potential risks within that. And so it's like, you know, we have to play the game to mm -hmm. win the game. And so we want to stay in the on the field. And how do we do that strategically um, so that we could still push against the status quo without getting kicked out of the system altogether. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's very like Frank, but like, that's it's very real. <laughs> that's very that sound real. Effect. Is that the sound like effect that? of a pink slip? Yeah. <laughs> termination. No. Oh I hope that, no. I don't know. I hope that doesn't come across like that. But no, it's that, like very. No, but I, no, I absolutely, I hear yeah. what you're saying. Um, and I appreciate that, that nuance, because I think, um, you know, it can it can feel really easy, especially if you are already in a position of privilege or you've never experienced the type of marginalization that we're talking about to just say, well, why don't you just bring your full self to work? Like, just lead like you and like people will just like figure it out. It'll be fine. You be the change. Right. Like that's the. Yeah. <laughs> get on a little tote bag and bring it like that. That yeah. feels like a really easy thing to say. But that nuance that you're getting at, which is no, this is, this is, you know, risk taking work. And every time that you, you know, show a bit more of your unique leadership style or try something that, you know, you might fail at, which we know is a, is an important part of being a leader as well, or communicate a failure or show vulnerability or whatever those um, actions are. Every time you take one of those actions, there's a risk and the risk is not equal for everyone right. in the workplace. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I just like, I hear that and yeah. um, staying on the playing field is an important piece because yeah. you got to move up right through the ranks yeah. to get that power. Yeah. Right. Right. That's, right. Ooh, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yes. That's a lot. <laughs> that's <laughs> to, a lot. To, and I, I think, um, <clears throat> so Untapped Leaders is a cohort, correct? Yes. Right? yes. So yeah, I mean, we, yeah. we work through in a, in a number of different ways, um, and which is kind of uh, part of this like founder conversation yes. and really creating uh, organization from the ground up um, that had never existed before and kind of bringing it out. Um, we, uh, for the past about a year and a half, a little over a year, have um, uh, worked through a leadership community, a membership-based model where folks can, individuals can access, you know, all of these conversations around career development, leadership development, all different aspects of that um, in a space that, um, again, centers marginalized voices. So it really being an offering that um, for folks to kind of have these conversations that brings in this reality um, into mm -hmm. it. 
Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, at the end of this year, I'll be sunsetting that model uh, because, you know, I think when we come to think about, you know, organizational sustainability, you know, I have to, there's some hard decisions that come with this Absolutely. and, and really yep. trying to pivot and iterate and get to the why via different hows, um, different mm. ways of like methods of, of doing so. And so we ran a cohort this past year um, that went really well, a small group of also BIPOC identifying individuals from across career stages um, interested in kind of digging deep into leadership development, centering their whole selves um, and really, you know, equipping themselves with that toolkit to understand what that might mean for them in their day to day. And so 2024, we're kind of doubling down into the, the cohort model uh, because that allows us to go deep into, you know, the the work. Um, it, everything that we've talked about today is like there's so many layers to this that, um, you know, we need time and space to, to commit to that. So we, we do that through the cohort. And then also it just is. Um, I've always kind of been big on this like collective leadership approach that this is not a solo sport. It's not, we're not going to make it on our own, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. We really are uh, uh, resourced through community and through collective. And so working alongside a, a cohort of peers on your leadership journey, I think is just the, the way we do it, um, where we break down the isolation that can often happen when we're in our workplaces or our day-to-day -day where that can be really challenging. Now, how do we kind of lean on this networked uh, purposeful group that has experienced this, mm -hmm. this learning journey and as far as leadership goes uh, to lean on in future challenges and future obstacles, future opportunities. Now they kind of build on that. And so leaning out quite a bit more into to that model um, for this next year. So we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm just like, I, I mean, I think, um, you know, being, being in this founder journey, having gone through the corporate journey <laughs> as well, um, it is, these are isolating experiences. Um, they are, it, there are days when you are just like, what am I doing here? They don't yeah. want me here. Right. They, they don't, they, somebody has made it clear to me that they don't want me here. Why am I here? What, what's happening? Um, and I think there's so much value in having that community, that cohort to be someone that you can call and say, remind me again, what am I doing right. here? Um, right. So I'm super Absolutely. excited about that. Um, if folks who are listening are interested in joining or are interested in um, referring someone or you know someone from their team, et cetera, what's the best way for them to get in contact? Yeah, so our the website is untappedleaders.com. Um, and if you do a forward slash cohorts, then uh, you go straight to the kind of the cohort uh, program. But I've, you know, I encourage everyone to kind of check out everything just to understand kind of the ethos, the approach, uh, and, and really finding, um, you know, even just general resources that we offer up through our blog or, or newsletter um, to just, you know, really reimagine, rethink leadership um, in, in from these perspectives. And so, uh, that's all all there on the website. But yeah. I did my little raise the roof because a good domain is hard to come by. You're <laughs> <laughs> that dot com. You gotta smash like, that yeah. up, okay? Founders go smash them up real quick. 
<laughs> you got your dot com. That's incredible. Oh, it's like uh, uh, such a weird little celebration I just had That's there. So um, funny. I love uh, that. Yeah, snatch it up now because tomorrow it'll be ten thousand dollars. Like that's the way it works. Uh, <laughs> like, anyway, that's a different conversation too. Um, okay, so I think we are gonna wrap up. What are I'm gonna ask for two pieces of advice for maybe a solo HR person within an organization who wants to build inclusion but is like on their own. Um, mm. And it's just like, yeah, mm. what do I do to start? Kind of two things for them to take away. Um, what would you, what would you say? Mm. <laughs> See, you're, you're like, that's a hard question. I like, I know, find some like? resources. Cause yeah, that's a solo. And usually it is a solo thing um, where yes. you kind of look to, to one person to like solve it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So but, maybe, I mean, coalition building could be one of them. I, yeah, I, I do yeah. think so. Like really kind of um, find, the resources to equip yourself with that work. I mean, that's a big undertaking and knowing that, you know, um, that's oftentimes long-term change work, particularly, um, again, just no matter where, where you are in an organization, there's probably more work to be done uh, generally. And so leveraging resources, uh, I think, is a one. Um, and then, you know, honestly, like getting a, a some type of pulse on on the on with the folks that are there um, at the organization, like you know that could be through you know a culture assessment or a um, you know just informal conversation, just some way to actually understand what is going on, what are what are the gaps, what are the opportunities, what do we do well, where do we do well, where do we not do so well. Um, to first just get that um, understanding, I think is like step one, uh, because mm. you know a lot of times we might assume we're doing well in certain things and maybe not so much, or um, we have these nice titles and these nice events, and but actually when you look down deep, it's not that great. Uh, you know, really just having that honest examination, um, which usually also is should be supported by kind of external bodies or is that other folks, these neutral parties, mm. in it, I would say. Um, that could be really, really helpful if you want to have kind of a, a genuine impact on building inclusive workplaces for all to thrive. Yes, I love that. I thought of one more question. It's kind of a hard one. So you can- Oh, great. <laughs> I'm trying to skate out of here. <laughs> what is your legacy? What are you, what are you building mm. to leave behind with untapped mm. leaders or otherwise? Yeah. I, I mean, I think, you know, when I think of legacy, I do think about my young kids. So I have a three-year-old and a seven-year-old. I dedicated my book to them. Um, and, you know, they're recent on this earth. And I can see their leadership, like, flowing through them naturally, um, just in different ways, in different, you know, uh, capacities, different approaches. And I want to leave a legacy that, you know, creates pathways, experiences, you know, workplaces, academic spaces that doesn't dim that leadership mm. as time goes on. Um, so that's my hope is that, you know, we really uh, think much more deeply of how we dim lights mm. 
over time and how we cannot do that anymore. So, yeah. Wow. That was a good answer. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Hard one. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate you. I know it was a hard one, but I was like, I have to ask it. I just like, as you were talking, I was just like, oh, what is like, what is it? And that was just, that was incredible. Thank you so much for sharing that. I just like the, the light, the light, that piece. Mm -hmm. It just, um, yeah, it makes me almost a little teary eyed when I'm thinking yeah. about, you know, my, my own children too. Um, yeah. and my own, you know, personal journey, what, what light has dimmed in me? What have I lost along right. the way? Right. That's a, That's right. a thing to, to kind of like reflect on um too yeah. Ooh, okay i'm not gonna cry yeah <laughs> absolutely right. uh, okay so we're gonna close out and um say thanks to everyone for listening um to just founder podcast we will be inviting um, more founders who are building for scale impact um and profit to um the podcast in future series but jenny this was incredible thank you again for being here Desiree, you're amazing. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for this space. I appreciate you. Of course. <laughs>